It's 8.40, to the hour. It's a Thursday. Thursday is always country bumper music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It sounds weird to me because we were off yesterday, and uh, Lola was with, with us on Tuesday because Bob was sick, and so she was a little bit she, – she had a different kind of style of bumper music. I just feel – it just feels weird getting back into the swing of things. A little bit weird, Howard. It feels weird for me, too. I don't like to take off. Uh, 56 degrees. But you – it would have been somewhat fun if you'd come in because you were kind of half. I told people, I told the story yesterday on the air. Hope you don't mind. You were so out of it. There was a giant fire pretty much outside your door. Yeah, right there in the neighborhood. I didn't know what was going on. I'm looking from my house and I can see smoke billowing into the air, billowing and the sirens. And I fired up the scan and there's this huge fire. And I know where it is. And it's right up the street, essentially, from Bob. And last time I talked to him, he said, oh, man, I'm so sick. I'm just going to go to sleep. I won't get up till morning. And I hate to bother you. I got to call him. I got to make sure he didn't burn up or make something. Make sure that's not his house on fire. So I called Bob's house, and I go, oh, Bob, you okay? I was sleeping. Um, there's a giant fire outside your house. Are you, oh, yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of fire trucks. A lot of them were out there, Howard. Yeah, old Bob was sick. I missed the Steeler game Sunday, and I missed the uh, slept through the fire. But uh, good news was they got they got injured in the in the fire, Howard. But the the the, yeah. the two residents and the dog got out, and uh, they're 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 on the mend. But uh, thank thank God they got out of the house. Yeah, indeed, the house looks like it was a pretty much a, 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 a it's a, gone a complete loss though. Uh, and so then Bob says, "Well, I said, you watch that big fire out there." Yeah. I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> and that's when I knew. That's when I knew you were really sick. Did I do the uh, weather? I did. 56 at the airport, 53 at the Highlands, 43 in Elm Grove, 51 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Partly sunny today, a high of 73. Four days to Halloween, nine days till daylight savings time, 27 until Thanksgiving, 59 until ho, 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 Christmas, and 19 days until they kill the deer at Ogilvy. Bambi's last stand. Bambi's last stand. All of that's coming up. Uh, Western Democrats gathering in Charleston this weekend for the Ro- Roosevelt Kennedy dinner. And Mike Pushkins, the Democratic Party chair, he's here with us. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? You sound a little down. You okay? I'm dead. getting over a cold. Oh. And, uh, and also, you know, really, my, my thoughts are with the folks up in Maine who are dealing with yeah. an active shooter situation. It's just a horrible situation. The more we learn about it, uh, I just hope that uh, he's apprehended soon. You know, I, 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 it, it's it's sad and it's wrong. I've reached the point where I see those headlines and all I do is say, well, there's another one. There's another one, you know. I mean, we it, it's that's what we are so, these things happen so frequently. We, I don't want to say we become inured to them, but it's not even a shock to me anymore. No, it's not a shock, but I don't think we ne- we should ever get to a point where it's acceptable because it's never acceptable. It's just, it's awful, and it could happen anywhere. And, uh, Mike, this is not what we were planning to talk about, but just your opinion. Will we ever get to a point where we do something about it in this country, other than the proverbial thoughts and prayers? You know, 
I would hope so. Uh, we have some pretty powerful lobbies in this country. They're very powerful in this state. But I think the, at very least we need to talk about addressing mental illness issues, when, especially when you're hearing that this guy is, is very well-trained. He has a military guy. He was a, uh, a weapons instructor and had recently uh, been um, uh, hospitalized for mental illness where he was, you know, where they he told people that he had voices in his head telling him to do bad things. You would think that that would be enough uh, you know, to keep this guy from having these types of uh, uh, of, 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 wep- you know, of weapons, but uh, and it's not it's, it's not enough apparently in this country. No, it's not, and I just don't have any sense of if we have the will, the communal will. Everybody wants to do something. Everybody says they want to do something, but I don't know if we have the communal will to actually do it or not. Uh, but that's not what we called to talk about. Uh, yeah, came on to talk about the dinner this this Saturday. Tell and, me about uh, it. The West Virginia Democratic Party is holding its its annual Roosevelt Kennedy dinner uh, in Charleston, the uh, Charleston um, uh, Convention uh, Convention Center. So what it's called now, Coliseum and Convention Center, and um, it's going to be uh, doors open at six p.m. Saturday night. We have uh, a great keynote speaker. It's uh, Anderson Clayton. She is the 25-year-old chair of the North Carolina Democratic Party. Uh, her she, her focus is, has been on um, reaching rural America. That's what she is passionate about. She's incredibly energetic, and she has a great message for West Virginia Democrats about reaching rural voters, uh, which is we need to do a better job all over the country, but especially here in West Virginia. And we also have musical entertainment. Okay. Are you playing? I you know, last year I sat in with the band, but I'm not I'm not on the agenda to play. But we have the uh, Charleston's own Carpenter Ants, which is a great uh, a great band. That's not just a local band; they play all over the world. But they're 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 out of Charleston. Um, they will be joined by John Ellison, who is uh, in the West Virginia Music Hall of Fame. Uh, John uh, lives; he resides in Michigan, but he is. You know, from McDowell County, and uh, he is his claim to fame. I mean, he's, he's has a lot of songs, and he's a great entertainer. But uh, he is, he wrote the song "Some Kind of Wonderful." Mm, okay. Of course, it was made popular by Grand Funk Railroad in the seventies. And uh, John puts on a great show. And then we also have a, a singer songwriter from Fayette County, uh, Andrew Adkins. It's going to play a couple songs for us as well. And then we have other speakers throughout the night and other. Uh, you know, elected officials and other folks that are going to get up and and and, and you know share their their comments. But uh, the keynote speaker is Anderson Clayton, and uh, with musical entertainment throughout the evening as well. We yeah. like to have a good time. You know, I um I well, sure hate to be ageist, but twenty twenty five year old uh, that's going to be your keynote speaker. She, does she bring a lot of? Um, I guess I saw in one of your releases she brings a lot of excitement to her presentation. I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the youngest uh, state chair in the country, possibly the youngest that, that they, we've ever had uh, in the party. But she is, uh, I know her, and she's wise beyond her years, and she's a great speaker. And her folk, I mean, she, she's from around the uh, North Carolina-Virginia border. She's from a rural part of the country as well. And she has a message that Democrats really need to hear, and that's how to reconnect uh, with with rural voters in this country, 
and uh, she does a good job of it. She's a great speaker, so we're incredibly happy to have her here. Reconnecting with rural voters, but um, maybe she'll bring some some thoughts about how to uh, energize the younger folks as well. I I agree. I mean, I I think that people will be able to relate to her because she she is young, and um, she's got that youthful optimism and energy, and uh, we look forward to hearing from her. I apologize for my dog that's barking at something right now. Hey, listen, it's okay. As long as you're not peeing on the floor here in the studio, I don't care. We've had that happen. So (laughs) I love it. I'm happy to have dogs uh, bark. I just don't like them to, (laughs) you know. Mike, how do you – I don't want to be a downer. How do you get the troops energized, which is what the Roosevelt Kennedy dinner is to some extent all about, you know, getting everybody together and feeling good about being Democrats and getting energized. How do you do that when you're turning around and watching more and more folks leave the party, go to become Democrats, like Doug, Doug Scaff as an example? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the party's power and influence has been dwindling dramatically. How do you energize the troops? Well, yeah, we we know we can watch what's going on on the other side, uh, whether it's on a state level or we had the Republican supermajority use this supermajority to give themselves a pay raise the very same week they raised uh, premiums uh, on state workers. And people are just now starting to feel the effects of that. People are seeing less uh, money on their paycheck because the Republicans – uh, so it, while they're boasting of giant surpluses to uh, uh, raise premiums on state workers. And then on the national level, we see this clown show in Congress where it took them three weeks or so to elect the speaker. And they've elected one of the most extreme members of their caucus to be uh, second in line for the president. An election denier. So how we energize our folks is that we know we can do a better job. And, and we're going to keep on fighting up and down the ballot to get better people in a better position to make better decisions so we can have a better lives, better lives for West Virginians. Mike, what is your philosophy? So, yeah, we're going to stay energized and we're going to keep on fighting because we think the people of West Virginia deserve a better government works for them. What's your philosophy, though, about this up and down the ballot? Are you going to try to fill all or as many uh, open, not open, you know, would you try to get a candidate in every race if possible? Or are you going to target certain races that you think are winnable and are better and leave the other ones behind? I mean, those are two very legitimate ways of looking at it. What's your game plan? The goal is to give voters choices up and down the ballot. So that is our goal, is to challenge every single race. Now, it's much more difficult to uh, to recruit when you're, when you're in the minority. But uh, we're going to give it our best shot because we think voters deserve choices. Well, how 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 do you feel you're doing in recruitment? I don't need to know names or anything, but I mean, are... Are people saying yes, or are people saying I'll think about it? What do you, as you try to recruit in? Uh, again, I'm not talking about running for the governor or for the Senate. Those things we talk about a lot, but you know, state house races, or even uh, I don't know if you're down at the, even the local level. Uh, are you finding Democrats who are willing to stand up and want to be in the game? Yeah, we are having those conversations. We're identifying you know, community leaders, other people who are who, who are, will be great candidates and people who want to serve the, the public for the right reasons. Yeah, we're having those conversations. Uh, we are getting some commitments. We're having a lot of people who are thinking about it, and we have until the end of January to have people file. Um, 
it's a lot. To, well, of course, you you went into uh, the legislature in twenty. When did you? How long have you been there? I I was first elected in twenty fourteen, the year that the uh, that the the, uh, the Republicans took the majority. Took the majority. So you have always been in the minority. You were never. You were always in in the minority. It's it's a big difference from the days when I was growing up and watching the Democrats have. Pretty much complete sway of uh, of the board of public works and of the legislature and so on. We've come come a full circle now. Um, I just I just would I just I would think a lot of candidates might say I'd like to I'd like to give it a shot, but I don't think in this state it's I got a I got much of a shot. Well, I, I think the people need to just look and and see how state government is working or not working for them compared to how it was. 10 or 20 years ago, when you have every single uh, department of state government that's having uh, some sort of crisis or another, whether it's the problems with DHHR that has been completely dysfunctional for years, and the result of that is 8,000 children in foster care, no lack of placement for these kids. We're hearing stories of of, of foster kids being abandoned at at hotels and motels across the state, or whether it's in our prisons that have, uh, you know, been under a state of emergency with the governor having to call in the National Guard to, to staff our prisons, or whether it's the scandal with the state police. Uh, we're hearing more stories out of the Department of Transportation uh, with just uh, complete unchecked corruption over there with a lot of uh, public funds, state and federal funds, going on at the, at the Department of Transportation. We have a government that's in, a state government that's in complete disarray right now. But we feel that we can do a better job. And I would uh, say to people, if, if they don't like the way things are going, well, then they step up, put their name on the ballot, and let's try to make a difference together. I would agree with you. I think the issue of foster care, CPS, some of that kind of stuff is beginning finally to resonate with the general public. My and and again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer because I'm I'm on your team. But uh, my sense is that a lot of the stuff, like the conflict of interest the governor has, the governor's financial problems, the uh, the, the uh, even the state police investigations and the state police problems, just don't. They just don't get into the heads of the average citizen. They're just not as in tune or alert to that as maybe they should be. I, I, maybe I read that completely wrong. It's entirely possible. But, um, you know, just as so many of the governor's own problems just seem to be shuffled, you know, fluffed off by an awful lot of the, of the, of the state voters. Well, we're going to continue to talk about it because we think um, people deserve to know. People deserve to know exactly what the governor's hiding, why he uh, doesn't like to be completely transparent with his uh, financial disclosures, uh, why he was ordered to give his helicopter back since he owes money to Russian oligarchs. I mean, these are things that people deserve to know, especially when you're talking about somebody who wants a a job in the United States Senate. It's a pretty important job. I told and uh, you couldn't pass a background test to uh, work in, in federal government. Should be, shouldn't be, be able to be elected to federal government. I, I had Senator Manchin on last week, and um, I asked him. I said, "Do you think you can beat Jim Jo?" I, of course, he said he doesn't know where he's running yet, or if he's going to run for re-election or whatever. But I said, "If you ran for re-election, could you beat Jim Justice?" I never heard anyone snap back as quickly and go, "Oh, absolutely, I could beat him." And then he went on to talk about the governor's work ethic. You know, Jeff, uh, Manchin said, you know, it's it, when I was in, when he was in, in the governor's office, 
Uh, he he worked up and down the halls, always uh, trying to you know drum up votes, trying to work with both sides. Uh, and he said, and it's ten times worse when you're here in Washington. You have to travel the hallways and you have to meet with people all over the place. Uh, implication being that Jim Justice just didn't have the um, the wherewithal to do that. His work ethic doesn't really match with the work ethic you need in the Senate. But I was just I was surprised at how quickly. When I said, can you beat Jim Justice, he didn't take a beat. He said, oh, absolutely. I agree with him. He can. I think if you put the two, and we're not certain that, that Jim Justice has got, I mean, Jim Justice has a tough primary. It's going to be incredibly uh, expensive, and uh, and uh, he's going to have a tough primary on his hands. But whoever gets through that primary is going to be going up against a senator who has he has a track record and has uh, produced for the people of West Virginia for years and then shows up for work every day. I can't say that about Governor Jim Justice. As a member of the legislature who's been in office for his entire tenure, he doesn't show up at all. Uh, Senator Manchin shows up for work every day, and if anybody uh, who ever needs anything from his office could tell you, uh, his people get back to you pretty quickly, and they're great at constituent services. You know, uh, I, um, I I have been – this is the first time in quite a few months I had a chance to personally talk to Senator Manchin. And sometimes I forget how – I don't want to use the word charismatic, but how convincing he can be. You know, I talk to him, and I'm thinking, yes, despite all of the, 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 the public attention, the national conversation about how Manchin can't win, he's Joe Manchin. And if he chooses to run for re-election, he is going to run one aggressive, powerful campaign. And, and can can he beat Jim Justice or beat Alex Mooney? I, I think the answer is an absolute yes. It's not a guaranteed yes, but can he? It's an absolute he certainly can, yeah. I, I believe he will. All right. Uh, so uh, uh, Saturday night, where's the event at, by the way? I should ask that. Not that I'm it's coming. It's in Charleston. <laughs> Yeah, it's in Charleston at the uh, the Coliseum and Convention Center, the, okay. uh, what we called the Civic Center for years, okay. uh, right in the middle of downtown Charleston. It's, uh, we got a beautiful ballroom there at the Convention Center. We said we're going to have uh, singer-songwriter Andrew Adkins, uh, West Virginia legend John Ellison, who wrote Some Kind of Wonderful, and our keynote speaker is uh, state chair of the North Carolina Democratic Party uh, and the youngest state chair in the country, Anderson Clayton. Well, have a good party, have a good time, uh, rally the troops, as I said, and uh, we'll talk again soon, Mike. I appreciate. I, can I add the website? So, if oh yeah, want please. To come, yeah, we are running. We're 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 almost out of tickets, but if you want to come, uh, you would go to wvdemocrats.com/rk, and that will give you the ticket information. That's wvdemocrats.com/rk, and we hope to see you there. All right, hey, have a good time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Mike Pushkin, Washington Democratic Party chair, checking in this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I always hate to be the downer when I talk to him, but, you know, I mean, the reality is it's a it's a tough road to hoe if you're a Democrat in West Virginia. It is, but I give Mike credit. He always tries to stay as positive as he can. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, coming up next hour, we're going to talk about what's called the Child Care Cliff, which is uh, funding for child care programs across the country are diminishing, and that's going to create some real serious problems in West Virginia. WVU Professor William Franco is going to join me to talk about that. And your calls and your texts and some more Halloween conversation, and I don't know what else will happen, but we'll wait and see.